0: Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom
1: Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, just a quick trigger warning here. Um, Towards the end of this episode, when I reveal my number six, which is, spoiler, the Heaven's Gate cult documentary, um, just to trigger warning for suicide, since I talk a little bit about that with that one. So just wanted to let you know. Thanks. Enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. On this week's episode, we are going to be counting down some of our favorites. We're not going to do it in the typical top 10 fashion where you go, here are my top 10 movies, TV shows, songs, etc." cetera. It'll just be going around and just sharing some of our favorites, whether it be shows... Movies, documentaries, whatever it is, just thought it'd be a fun little way to end the year. Um, but before we get into that, just a quick housekeeping note, we are taking listener support for as little as 99 cents a month to $9.99 a month. Click on the link in our show notes or go to our anchor page if you would like to support the show, help us get better equipment, um, help us get better editing equipment, all that kind of jazz. And then also you'll be supporting a good cause, like I've said, every month. of what we see from that will be going to one Black Lives Matter organization. And also, I'm very excited to say that I'm hoping by the first episode next week, or the only episode next week, excuse me, we will have our Redbubble store live, so we're going to have merchandise. We're going to have like pins and bumper stickers and cups and um, and shirts and all that kind of stuff. And once again, same thing as with the listener support, 50% will go to a Black Lives Matter organization and the rest will go towards helping the show grow, um, all that stuff. Okay, so let's go around and have everybody introduce themselves and tell me one thing that you're excited about this week in pop culture. Start with you, Carla. Hi, I'm Carla. I, this week I'm very excited about the show Episodes, which I've just started
2: watching. I had never watched it before, and I decided to just throw it on. And I'm surprised and delighted by how much I like it. I, I wasn't expecting to be this into it. And yet here I am, just like eagerly awaiting the next time I get I get to watch a, an episode of Episodes.
1: <laughs> an episode of Episodes. Yeah, I haven't watched that one uh, yeah, but I, and that's the one with Matt, um, Matt Blanc, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't it's watched that. It's pretty great. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. And Erin A. Hi, um, I'm Erin.
3: I, last night i watched the least shocking thing that anyone watched on Christmas Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we'll get into it later. Um, it was, it was good. I don't think it was as good as the first one, but I enjoyed it thoroughly. And I don't know the atmosphere in my living room is not the same as a movie theater. So that probably contributed to the experience. Um, I also watched radioactive yesterday, um, the, um, biopic about Marie Curie. And that was really good. I really enjoyed that as
1: well. Yeah. I haven't heard that one Yeah, I did watch wonder woman as well. Um, first hour was entertaining they could have cut at least a half an hour I loved Chris Pine um I liked Kristen Wiig and that <laughs> they wanted more 80s stuff know it didn't yeah. feel very 80s to me I was like they did it a little bit um the montage was Chris Pine it was was fun but it's just I don't know I wanted more 80s but yeah 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 and then and then Meg
4: uh, yeah, hi, I'm Meg, and I actually have not watched Wonder Woman 84 yet. My husband and my daughter watched it last night, but I, I just couldn't do it. I love my daughter, but watching movies with her is insufferable sometimes. <laughs> um, But no, so I'm really into uh, it is because she gets very hyper-focused. And she does exactly what I do during movies, which I am so sorry to all of the rest of you. Anyway, but what I so I'm pretty into uh, Bridgerton that also came out yesterday on Netflix, and I watched all of it because I love Regency era stuff. And this is like Regency era period drama and stuff like that, but sexy too. (laughs) And uh, honestly, it was really nice to see Regency era stories with you know that acknowledges the fact that there were people of color before 1960. So that was pretty. And the Duke is really hot. And that's, that's, I have thoughts and I'll shut up. (laughs) It was, no, it was good. I really, I really liked it. It was just, it was fun. And I bought the first book of the series so I can start reading about it too.
1: Awesome. And this is Erin. And what I'm into is The Flight Attendant on HBO Max. Um, it's so much fun. And I think Ke- Kelly, Kaylee Cuoco or I'll well, is her name, um, from, of course, best, best known from the big bang theory, which I don't like that, but, um, I think it's really good. I think it's, um, it's got some dark humor. It's a thriller. It's a drama. Um, I thought it was a really interesting way of basically what I think the point of the whole thing is having a woman come to terms with the fact that she's an alcoholic, And that her past isn't what she thought it was. And I just thought everybody was really good in it. Um, And I just, I really loved seeing Rosie Perez too. And it was a very different role for Rosie Perez. So I really enjoyed that as well. So once again, that's on HBO Max. So what we're going to do for this episode is I'm just going to go around and have everybody name one thing. It doesn't even, I don't care if we all stay on the same category If it gets too crazy, we might do that. But just name one thing and we'll just keep going around until we each name maybe around 10 stuff or something like that. And like I said last – on our last episode, Romantic Comedies, this might end up being a two-parter just because, um, you know, this is a lot of stuff to talk about in a short amount of time. So we'll see how that goes. So, Carla, why don't you tell me one thing this past year because this year was so hard, but one thing that really – Brought you joy, TV, movie, whatever it is. For me, it was uh, The Babysitter's Club on Netflix. I
2: wasn't expecting to love it the way that I did. And you never know what it's going to be like when they take a beloved series from your youth and they transform it into a screen thing. Um, I was kind of worried that they were going to mess it up, but they made it actually better. They took these great stories that I grew up really reading and being in love with and they made them a little bit more contemporary both in the in in some inclusion themes and in the casting because i was not expecting them to have don be a latina you know with with her mom and everything and, and marianne was mixed she's she's black and her dad is white um those were i think just lovely things to see on uh on a show that was adapted from books from the eighties. Um, you have a story where Marianne stands up for, for a kid who is trans and he's uh, and, and the kid is in the hospital and they're uh, not addressing the kid by, by their pronouns. And it, it was just really lovely to see all of these very uh, contemporary themes brought into this eighties uh series it, it was wonderful and it was just all of the actors were great I thought that the just there were so many moments where I when I where I wanted to cry because I was like this is exactly what it was like in the books but only better how do they do this?
1: this magic yeah I read the books but I haven't watched the series yet but I know everybody loves it so I know I should put it on my list of things I should watch definitely so yeah And Erin, what's one thing on your list of things that made you happy this year? One of my favorite things that happened
3: this year was Winona Earp finally returning. Um, Even though it was only six episodes, they were really good. I think it had been like a year and a half um, roller coaster for us um, since the last episode. Um, And it was just, it was very exciting whenever... Never, it came back on um i very i don't have cable so um i very rarely like buy things the day that they come out on amazon you buy the episodes um but that's one thing that i did buy as soon as i could watch it and then i watched them over and over again um because it was just the sweetest most happy thing to happen in 2020 to that point (laughs) Awesome.
1: Yep, and someday I'm going to watch that show. See, that's another reason I'm going to do this is I because I knew people would mention stuff that I haven't watched yet, so I'm gonna have to make an own my own list. And Meg,
4: Uh yeah, one thing I really like this year is like a thrilling kind of ghost series called Julie and the Phantoms, <laughs> which is on Netflix, and it's okay. So. You can access it on Netflix, kids, but that doesn't make it less less great. So it's basically, it's about like this. Carla and I have watched this a lot. I made her watch it. And uh, then I whined to her that she was going to say it before I'd have a chance to today.
2: <laughs> so uh, I didn't. You're welcome.
4: You did it. And now I'm stumbling over myself. Uh, no. So what it basically is, is a like a 17-year-old girl, it takes place about a year after her mom dies, and she's going through her mom's things, and one of the things that she looks into is a CD from a band from 1995, Um, and she plays a CD, and these three ghost dudes from the band (laughs) come out, and they died back in 1995 when they were 17, too, and they, like, they, they form a band together. She's the only one who can see them. Except when they play music together, then everybody can see and hear them. And it's just the is adorable and it's very feel-good and lighthearted and kind of the only kind of ghost story i watch. <laughs> it's a thrill a minute. No, it's on Netflix and it's very, very cute. And and I just love it so much. It's the one thing I'm trying to make my kids watch, but they're like, Well, mom watches it, so it's probably late. <laughs> <laughs>
1: funny (laughs) okay and I have a lot of things on my list and I put them on there because I knew some of the things would be get taken so I'm going to try and do the ones that I have a feeling won't get taken um, or that I won't be taking from somebody else so the first thing I'm going to mention is the movie The High Note um, which came out earlier this year which you could stream Um, I don't think they released it in theaters at all because I know with a lot of things they streamed them and then released them in the theaters at the same time and this movie stars Dakota Johnson, Tracy Ellis Ross, um, and Kelvin Harrison Jr., which, and Bill Pullman's in it as well. I, I mentioned that because I know quite a few people on this panel love Bill Pullman. Um, Bill Pullman! <laughs> very briefly in it. He's not like a main person in it at all, but he is in it. Um, and Ice Cube is in it, and um, Eddie Izzard, and all these people. And it's about music. It's about um a music star, Tracy Ellis Ross, who I often wonder while I was watching this if this character was based at all off of her own mom, Diana Ross. Um, and what was so beautiful was just this movie just loved music. And you it's all about a woman who's trying to break into the business, played by Dakota Johnson, who wants to produce music. And there aren't a lot of female music producers. And so she's trying to break in. By helping um the character of Grace Davis, played by Tracy Ellis Ross, who's trying to stage sort of this comeback, and it's all about her life too. And then to go to Johnson's character meeting um, Kelvin Harrison Jr.'s character, who is also a musician who's trying to break into the business. Um, and it's just, if you love music, it's a great, great movie. Most of the stuff on my list is honestly pretty heavy or horror theme, to be honest. So this is a little bit lighter. Um, So I wanted to mention that one first. I love Uh, that you're uh,
4: like, what's something that's making you feel really good? Everything on my (laughs) list
1: is horror and death. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, those are things I enjoyed this year, but and what I loved about this also was I loved um you know, as anyone who's listened to this knows, I love Kelvin Harrison Jr. so much, and I didn't realize he could sing too, and he is a really good singer. So it was nice hearing that, and I had never heard Tracy Ellis Ross sing before, and she's has a beautiful voice as well. so I definitely recommend that one. I think you can still probably rent it or something, so that's that's a really good one. Aaron, did you want to add something?
3: Yeah, I was just going to say a couple months ago, um, I think it was Fresh Air on NPR did an interview with her about the movie and it was so good. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, there was one with um, It's Been a Minute with Sam Sanders that interviewed her as well. And that was a really, really good interview as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Carla, give me the next thing on your list.
2: The next thing on my list is. And this is just um, moments. It's finales that had that I thought were fantastic. Uh, there was the Good Place finale, um, the Schmitz Creek finale with David and Patrick's wedding, and uh, the Supernatural, which ended. This is one with an episode. Carla! you thief. <laughs> it's it's the, the moments. It's the. the culmination of these shows finishing and for supernatural i'm going with the 18th episode of the 15th season because that's all that matters to me
4: you're the worst i love you
1: <laughs> see i had those i didn't have supernatural but i had um schitt's creek and the good place and in case you didn't know carla was not messing up the name of schitt's creek she just Will not swear, so she won't say "shits creek," even though it's not it's a swear. The
4: cutest word. thing! It's not a swear word. We have this conversation all the time. She won't even spell out shits and yet you love in me. The name. I love, I adore you. It's one of my favorite things about you. But it's just <laughs> the cutest thing ever. Because even when she
2: spells out "shits creek," she spells when I out "shits creek." When I write fanfic, <laughs> I send it to either Meg or to my husband and have them and have them edit the swear words for me.
4: Yeah, which I clearly I have no problem.
2: She has no problem with it. It's fantastic.
1: That's funny. That's funny. That's true friendship. That's a great one.
3: And then Aaron, what's next on your list? Well, if we're gonna go with finales, I guess we can have a finale theme. Um, Yes, the Shit's Creek finale was fantastic. Um, The Agents of Shield finale was also um, really nice to have that closure after so long. and I had another finale, but I don't. I mean, the supernatural, we're not. I don't. I won't talk about it. Stop, Carla. Just stop. <laughs> but yeah, there
2: was a lot That's of That's why relief. I went with what I went with because the rest does not matter to me. <laughs> we don't
4: talk the about it. Whole... It's the Voldemort of. Finales apparently. The
3: finale that
4: should yes. not be mentioned. <laughs> How I met your mother's writers are suddenly like, Yes!
3: Finally.
2: <laughs> suddenly I can rewatch How I Met Your Mother, because it's no longer the worst ending of any
3: show ever. Oh god. Yeah. I still we'll just watch. say the whole last uh half of the season fifteen of Supernatural we will go with that. Um yeah, those are those are my big finales, I think, that I really liked awesome Thanks. and then meg
4: yeah i don't have a big finale themed thing and even if i did carla took them Also, you know i'm just kidding no i absolutely love the good place finale and i love schitt's creek finale um and just kind of i guess tying into it Cass's confession in 1518 i think was a huge moment and going in with that kind of the resurgence of the destiel fandom and all I, the, the works and fan works that kind of came from that and that was really, really nice to see. I had been pretty kind of dormant within the supernatural fandom as a while, for a while at that point. Um, but it was really kind of exciting to see all of these people get really, really excited about something again, regardless of how that turned out. Um, but it was it was really neat. We had, we got like, I think 6,000 new fan fictions <laughs> were written uh, in a matter of a couple of days and all this beautiful new artwork and and it's just and that was kind of it was really nice to kind of to see that kind of resurgence for a bit.
1: Yeah, and I I had stopped shipping them for years, but it was really awesome to watch and I was so happy for everybody that I know and love that loves them. So, it was it was nice on on that side. Um, Mine is sort of tied into a finale because as much as I didn't like the Supernatural finale, it does not beat the awful Dexter finale for me. Um, That will always be the worst finale ever created of a show that would have been my favorite show in the world if they hadn't ruined it. Um, But what made me happy this year is learning that they are bringing Dexter back. So next year we get to watch Dexter. We get to watch Michael C. Hall. Be his amazing, brilliant self. And because he's coming back and because the show creator is coming back, I have hope that they are going to undo the misery that was that finale. They said they're not erasing anything. So we're still going to have spoilers, the lumberjack, but they're going to be jumping in the future. So hopefully maybe Dexter left the lumberjack life behind um, which would be nice. So, yeah. So even though I know a certain character, I won't say who in case Aaron or Meg ever end up watching the show. I know that character isn't going to be resurrected. Or I don't know if Aaron did watch the show. Sorry. Oh, but, yeah, But um, yeah. I don't know if my favorite female character will be resurrected, which I've... I know she won't because we this don't... isn't supernatural. Just gotta be. I feel like 10 or
4: 15 years definitely gets me past the, like, being able to be precious about spoilers. No spoiler warning.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, I know they're not going to bring Deborah Morgan back because Deborah Morgan, the show, one of the most egregious, most, the worst thing that show did was killing Deb. Um, And also making her, you know, be in love with Dexter. That was another thing that was absolutely horrendous that they did to her because she was the best character ever, female-wise. Um, And so I know she's not coming back because this isn't supernatural. So I can kind of let that go. But I'm just so excited. That day it was announced, as everybody probably on this panel remembers, it was just like the best news because I love the character of Dexter. He's a horrible person. And I do want certain things to happen to him. As I said on our Dexter episode, I want everybody to find out. So I'm hoping that's what happens in this. But, But we'll see. Plus, just being able to see Michael C. Hall... I I would watch him in anything mouth breathing and all Carla I would <laughs>
2: it was totally going to ask you think he got the mouth breathing thing fixed because he has <laughs> allergies okay <laughs> I have allergies but I still breathe through my nose I struggle but I do it and that's why you snort <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that all that often anymore
1: Anyway, but he will he will be back, and maybe, maybe this means that he still has a chance to win an Emmy for Dexter, which he was robbed, robbed, robbed. So, anyway, Meg, did you want to add something on that? Not just that. I just want to
4: throw out a PSA because we're talking about spoilers. If you have not watched a show, and it's been five to ten years, unless you were too young to watch it when it first came out, you don't get to get mad about spoilers or a movie. I saw someone who got mad about like Star Wars, like not new Star Wars, original <laughs> Star Wars spoilers, And I'm like, it's been almost 50 years. If you haven't watched it yet, you don't care enough to get mad about spoilers. Like, I'm sorry. I have not watched Breaking Bad, which I keep meaning to, but it's just never been something that I've been like in the mood to watch. So my sister this, was talking to me and she goes, I don't want to spoil you about Breaking Bad. And I was like, it's been Done for like a decade now I go ahead I managed to go 20 years without Harry Potter spoilers which is amazing to me but I just a PSA guys if you care about spoilers you got to watch your shit in a timely manner that's all
1: (laughs) that's 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 a good point that's a good point (laughs) it has nothing to do
4: with anything you were talking about except to just let people know do not get mad if so, if we're going to talk about the season finale or series finale of How I Met Your Mother, you don't get to get mad. It came it it finished in like 2009.
1: <laughs> no, it's it's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> okay, so Carla, what is another thing on your list? A third thing. One of the things
2: that was really interesting
1: to discover about, about myself during this
2: whole pandemic is that uh I wasn't as scared of scary stuff as I thought that I that I am. I just avoid it. So one of the things that I watched early on with my sister was Train to Busan, um, and I was—it's one of like the, the best things I've ever watched. It's amazing. It is gripping. It is interesting. It has just brilliant, hilarious moments. It has amazing characters. So if you haven't watched Train to Busan, you definitely should. And I'm. I, I'm like ready to rewatch it right now. My sister like cried like five times during the movie. She's like, I can't believe you suggested this. I was like, I didn't know. I've never watched it. But now that I have, I can tell you it's great fun. Bring the
1: Kleenex. Yeah, that's the thing about a lot of zombie movies that I don't think people really realize. Zombie and pandemic movies is they're very, very emotional movies. They can be at least some. I'm not saying all are. I mean, Shaun of the Dead. I, I didn't cry at that. Yeah, Maybe no. from laughing.
4: One but... of the only zombie movies I can watch.
1: Show of the Dead, <laughs> um, zombie land and Warm, warm body. body. I was going to say, you mentioned Warm Bodies on romantic comedies. <laughs> it is a romantic comedy. I don't care what anyone says. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, you know, and you have like, there's, there's this movie called Anna and the Apocalypse, which is a Christmas movie. And it's a zombie musical. And it's, it's funny and it's pretty good. I think you could handle that one, Meg um it's on hulu i think you'd probably like it actually um knows? (laughs) and aaron
3: um something that i found really fun throughout the year was um all of the reunions of old shows Um, particularly my number one was the chuck reunion because you guys know how i feel about chuck I know I my face literally hurt after watching it because I smiled the whole time it was so great Uh, but there was a ton of really good reunions Um, there was um, the office community parks and rec the orphan black was really good just like google 2020 like tv show reunion and they were all done for like charities Um, the chuck one raised over $30,000 for feeding america um, but it was just so good and comforting to see like all of your favorite people back together.
1: Yeah,
4: definitely. Meg? Yeah, I I, I liked the good uh, Zoom reunions. There were some horrifying ones. But um, another thing, I this is just way, way early in the pandemic when I thought this isn't going to last very long. Um, the Love is Blind mess on Netflix that show i don't care i know it's garbage i can see you guys laughing even though you're all muted so it just looks like i'm (laughs) like everyone is like no um it was a mess jessica was a hot mess i just still remember everyone being outraged that she fed her dog wine out of her wine glass and it was the funniest thing because a it is super it don't give your dogs alcohol guys. Don't do that. That's not nice. And if you're going to do that, give them their own glass, be a decent host. Like... <laughs> Put it in a bowl or something. I don't understand. I have dogs and I just, anyway, that was one of my like highlights. If I'm looking for like hot mess things that kind of distracted me from, uh, the height of the stress of 2020 because like I said this was in the beginning and it just it's a delightful garbage show and I love it it's probably one of my guilty pleasures we
0: all I like, hate those
1: They <laughs> like how no one is like yeah me too this is great <laughs> I, I watched I, I watched part of it I stopped but I did watch part of it so I understand I was just like I said on our John Hughes when I had been watching America's Next Top Model recently and that is pure trash and just not at all good for you know humanity but
4: i watched married at first sight for i have watched (laughs) married at first sight for a long time which is also garbage i was like you know what this isn't that's too drastic i'm gonna have these people sit in a bubble and talk to each other but jessica being a mess was just the best it made me feel so much better about everything in my life
1: Yes, we need those sometimes. I honestly do. I think we that's why I used to watch Rock of Love, is it made me feel better about myself. <laughs> I was like, at least I'm not Carla giving. clearly agrees. Yeah, <laughs> I used to love the rock
2: of love. It was awful, but I loved it. Yep,
1: yep, it's, it's awesome. Um, so Aaron reminded me of a reunion actually, it came up in my head anyway a little bit earlier. I didn't have it on my list, but I'm gonna mention it. My all-time favorite show, of course, is Queer as Folk. And earlier this year, Scott Lowell, who plays Ted, hosted a Queer as Folk reunion. Sadly, Gail Harold, who played Brian, wasn't able to be on it. But pretty much everyone else was. They had some of the writers on. They had some people that were just guest stars. And they talked about and reminisced about um, the show, how groundbreaking it was, um, and how hard it was to make that show. I mean, people did not want to make that show and talking to some of the people who, you know, their casting agents would tell them, "You, you should not do this show. This is going to ruin your career. Do not play a character like this. Do not play um, a gay man, especially a gay man when they are actually going to show gay men having sex. I mean, you know, I mean, it's not like you know they're really having sex, but you know, that's very explicit." Um, and I know Hal Sparks was on there and he, you know, of course played Michael and he said he fired his, I don't know if he said it in this one, but I know I saw it in another thing where he actually fired his agent because his agent told him, you are not taking this part. You're not doing this part. So he fired his agent and then went and did the part because that was the thing. They couldn't get anybody that was a big name because except for, of course, Sharon Glass was a big name from Cagney and Lacey. Um, and she, she was on there and she is, She's a goddess. I just, I just love, I just adore her. Um, but you know, it, that was the thing is they couldn't get any big names because nobody wanted to make this show. Nobody wanted to do it. So even though I know, you know, like when people discover it now, you know, a big issue, of course, is representation in the show, and it's a lot of, you know, very, very beautiful white men, and there aren't, you know, trans characters, or and there's not a lot of like, and there's not by characters, even though there are characters on there that I think are bi, but they never really explore that as much. But for that time, not an excuse, but for that time, they did as much as they could possibly get do. And as they've said on there, if they were to come back, um, especially Randy Harrison, who played Justin mentioned this, he said, if we came back, I would hope we would be have more representation. Because we would need more representation. But it was just so great to see them. And it was all for charity, of course. And it was just so great to see them all together. And to see how much they truly, truly love the show. And how much they truly love the fans. And um, yeah. And it just made me, again, wish for a Queer as Folk reunion. I mean, we're getting Dexter. I would just love it if Queer as Folk came back. Because they've been trying to do it. And I guess Showtime doesn't want to do it. But it would be awesome. But anyway... So, yeah, so, so thanks, Aaron, for reminding me and a couple other people about how much I loved that one. I know you guys didn't mention it, but that's what I loved. That's the reunion that really, really made my 2020 bright. Okay, Carla, what is the fourth thing that you want to mention?
2: I, Meg wrote me into watching a show called Whiskey Cavalier a couple of years ago. And it unfortunately did not survive ABC's penchant for cutting off new promising shows that particularly like people like us love um but it was a great show and one of the the characters on there that i really loved was played by a comedian named Vir Das and he is uh he's fantastic in comedy he there was a special that i watched this year by him called for india and it's hilarious. It's fantastic. I, I watched a lot of comedy specials this year. That was like one of my great escapes. But that one really stands out in my mind. Um, it's it's, I believe it's filmed in India. And there's this one section in the theater where they're filming, and it's just like a row of just white people. And whenever he he had to explain something to the white people, like the lights would go off, and there would just be a light shining on the row of white people. And he would say, "What that means is this, that and the other, like these very specific cultural Indian things, and I loved it. I thought it was great because you know so often shows are made uh for for white people, and even in comedy shows, it has to kind of cater to a white audience and uh thankfully, I think a com- I think comedy has moved away from that in some uh to some degree at least." as far as making as far as things that are quote unquote marketable because it it doesn't seem to really matter to to networks or to executives that they can make things that are specifically for the community that the community comes from they want it to be relatable for for what they call mainstream and everybody else calls white people and i i really like that that this particular special Dug into that and was like, okay, well, we'll we'll make it specifically this section so that you can understand these these Indian touchstones and why this is funny. Um, But beyond that, it was it's just a hilarious um, special. He's great. I love him. It doesn't hurt that he's super cute, and he played Ray, which was not Ray. um, He played one of my my favorite characters on Whiskey Cavalier. I, I just. If you get a chance somewhere to watch Whiskey Cavalier, just watch the few episodes that we were given because it's totally worth it, even though you get totally emotionally invested and then gets your heart ripped out of you. It's okay. It's still good. But yes, fear does You're for a India.
4: salesperson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's you know, I've found that I've been waiting to watch some shows to make sure that they actually get picked up for a second season because there's so much heartbreak, especially if they're on Fox more than anything else. And ABC does it too, but I think Fox does it more than anybody else. Fox and
2: ABC are the worst. I mean, I just can't rely on mm-hmm. on falling in love with a show on those networks without it getting ripped away. Like, I think it was, um, oh, gosh, the Kobe Smolders show recently. Stump Town. Thank you, Stumptown. That was fantastic, and got canceled. And it was the the first show, at least in my recollection, that had an explicitly bisexual character as a lead because she's the lead. And I, I'm just like, well, like, okay, whatever, fine then.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why I haven't watched like. Prodigal Son yet but now I will because I know it got renewed for a second season but that's why I avoided watching it because that is totally up my alley but it's I was like it's on fun. Fox yeah that's what I've heard and it's on Fox though and I'm like well they're going to cancel it well, so now that I've heard it's renewed I'm going to have to watch it so yeah and Aaron, what's uh, a fourth thing on your list
3: um, yes I do recommend Prodigal Son I just finished watching that like last week it was good um, I would be remiss if i didn't mention the return of doctor who finally um that was super exciting i don't care what your feelings are for this season i know a lot of people were dissatisfied but i don't care i'm a happy doctor who fan i will watch literally anything it made me so happy and especially this is not a spoiler because it was like six months ago right captain jack i'll just say it because it was all over social media captain jack No, I
4: I heard all about it, trust Um, me. So that
3: was very, very, very exciting because I love John Barrowman. And he's supposed to be coming back for the New Year's special as well. And the rumor is that him and the Doctor will actually meet because they didn't in the last episode that he was in. So that's so exciting. I hope that he returns as a more recurring character like he did in past seasons um so I'm really looking forward to that and it it was it was another really nice thing this year to have like an old favorite come back whenever it's been such a rough year
1: and Meg
4: yeah I love Jack Harkness I'm so excited I have to catch up um so another thing is actually the show on Amazon Upload which is uh it was a Greg it's a Greg Daniels show and it's really cool and interesting and it's a cool take on kind of afterlife and consciousness and kind of what it means to be alive and and it's I'm making it sound really like philosophical it's kind of like the it's philosophical in the way like the good place would be philosophical which is really really funny but has uh, has themes that kind of make you think a little bit more about what it means to be alive and to be connected to people um but yeah I'm I'm really excited there's a second season of that coming out and it was it was a it was a fun show to watch I liked it a lot
2: and it has the Good amel brother. It has
4: the Good Amel. Yep. They're cousins. They're not brothers. Oh, I always thought they were brothers. Whatever. No, it's
3: cousins. the Good Amel.
1: That's it what does. I thought. The Good amel. It's, it's the Good amel. Rob amel is the best. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Steven Amell is. A, but Rob Amell is poor Arrow. Oh no, because Arrow was on
3: my list, you guys. He's going to Yo, still say it, still say
1: it. He's going to be
4: on the Salamander ladder, just nonstop. And That's all you have to worry about.
1: But yeah, I had to upload on my list too. And I had a feeling you were going to mention it. So I was like, I will not mention it because I think that's going to be on Meg's list because I remembered you were one of the ones that you hit, remember hit. what a whiny baby I am about no. taking my stuff. <laughs> you no, know, that's why I didn't mention Shits Creek. That's why yeah, I, I have ones on here that I'm like, I'm not gonna mention because I know <laughs> it's only Carla.
4: And it's only because Carla and I have the same brain. And we talk about stuff so much that I can never even remember if if something like my thoughts are my own thoughts or something that she and I talked about and I've just absorbed as a part of me. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I should have made Carla send me her list before we started recording. So so I could double my list.
2: <laughs> That's basically why I wasn't going to. I was like, I'm gonna ask Meg, no, I'm not.
4: Well, so I'm I'm sitting here and you're talking and you say something that I'm like, yeah, me too. And then I'm like scouring the internet and like looking like what's something else that happened? I like to This has been the longest year ever.
1: It has. It has. Yep. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with one of the horror things on my list, and this one actually has some comedy in it. So this is gonna be a lighter horror movie. Um, and I mentioned it again on our John Hughes episode. Both Sasha and I said this is very much a John Hughes movie, which I know you may be shocked by that, but I think that's where all the John Hughes characters went or to hear horror. Um, and that's The Babysitter, Killer cl- Queen. So this is the second babysitter movie on Netflix. I think this one is better than the first. I liked the first two. And you should definitely see the first one before you see the second one. But what I love about these movies, and this also has Robbie Amell in it too, um, what I love about these movies is they don't, number one, they don't take themselves too seriously. They're having a blast. They're extremely gory. I mean, over the top gory. I mean, to the point where you actually, at least I did, laugh when people are murdered because of the way they're murdered are so over the top. It's just, you can't even take it seriously. Um, and with Robbie Mel's character, when ongoing gag is he's always topless. For no reason. He just always has his shirt off. They even have a flashback where he's working at a fast food place and he has his shirt off the whole time he's working. Just because. Um <laughs> Carla, Carla. made a little check mark there. Um but and the main character, he's he's really good. He's very much a John Hughes character, placed in a horror movie. The music is amazing. Um, you know, it's a lot of classic rock, a lot of 80s stuff and then also some current stuff it's just it's just such such a good movie it made me listen to um jump on it for, over and over and over and over and over again this year because of this movie <laughs> um so and i watched it uh two days in a row so this is how much i loved this movie i just thought it was a blast so if you love horror movies and you love horror comedy i highly recommend both of these if you haven't watched them yet okay carla what's Number
2: five, number five, I, I watched uh, Pen15 uh, at the beginning of the year, and then I watched the second season when it came out recently. It's so great, and it really captures the spirit of what it's like being a middle schooler and just, you know, the awkwardness that you feel in your own body, um, the adjustments that you're making within your friendships and within the relationships with the people around you, especially with your parents because you're going from this phase where you're completely dependent on them to trying to become your own person. And it can be so awkward and so awful because sometimes we end up being awful to our parents for no reason other than they're our parents. And we want to be these cool, like, you know, older people now who have their own thoughts and their own uh, schedules and everything. And it's, I think it really gets to the heart of what it's like to be at that crossroads in 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 age, and it's it's a coming of age story for two girls, which I I think is is great because some, so often coming of age stories are focused on on boys, and the the actresses are so wonderful. I really love that that they have these two women who are like I guess in their you know late twenties, early thirties playing these uh, preteens and every other person who's supposed to be a kid around them is an actual preteen or teenager. Um, But I also like the way that they handle it because they don't make it so that, you know, uh, the raunchier moments are creepy and questionable. They make it very clear that, that they are not going to, Cross certain boundaries just to make a point or just to do make something funny, but they they really uh there there are moments you know the first period your first kiss your the first time that you have like a real major argument with your best friend, the moment when you discover that your parents aren't the people that you thought that they were all along um what is like to be a kid in the in the nineties, which you know I was a kid in the eighties, but that's okay, it's close enough, I feel. Um And I do have sisters who were kids in the 90s, so I feel like it's totally fine. But I, I loved it. I, I can't wait for the third season. It's If you haven't watched it, definitely do. It's hilarious, and it's so touching and, and emotionally satisfying.
1: Yeah, I watched the first episode, and then I haven't gone back to it, but I know I should. Yeah, and I agree. I think if you grew up in the 80s and early 90s, I think they kind of blend together (laughs) in a lot of respects. So I I do, I do agree with that. Yeah. And Erin?
3: I kind of, I have a couple on my list that I surprised myself with because I don't normally watch, I don't, I'm not into like the Hallmark movies and the very cheesy romantic comedy type things. I know (laughs) that, face thanks um but i really enjoyed um virgin river on netflix which is like the cheesiest most like ridiculous just romantic show ever i don't know i couldn't stop watching it and also emily in paris i just finished which is kind of very similar and i normally don't watch stuff like that but they were just for some reason netflix kept recommending it to me, and I was like, I will take it, Netflix. Thank you very much. But yeah, no, those were really good to just kind of like sit in bed and watch an episode before bed or whatever and just relax. And it's not stressful, it's not crazy. And normally do like sci fi or comedy stuff like that. But this was totally opposite, and I kind of loved them. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and Meg, Virgin River is such bubblegum. I love it so much. It's so ridiculous.
4: And one of my favorite things about Emily in Paris was the social media debate about how to say the title of it was, is, is it Emily in Paris or is it Emily in Paris? And I'm like, y'all have, we all have too much time. <laughs> <laughs> it was adorable. Anyway, I love, I love Virgin River too. Um, I think something that I really enjoyed this year has been some really great like documentaries that I've been seeing. I'm, I'm going to just throw out cause I'm a big true crime fan and we talked about in the true crime episode. Um I'll be gone in the dark was amazing. It's on HBO. If you get a chance to watch it, check it out. Even if you're not like a really big into true crime, it's very different than any true crime documentaries or docuseries that I think I've ever seen. Um, it doesn't focus the focus is very it's very different. I mean, if if you haven't heard from us, Michelle McNamara, was a writer who was kind of going after a killer, and it, it's it's just it's interesting to watch her spiral and the case. And I I don't want to get too much into it because I think the joy is in the watching it, not hearing about it. Um, but it's really really good. And another one I really liked was McMillions, which is a totally different like area of it but talking about like kind of the scam of the mcdonald's monopoly (laughs) and that's that's a really fun one too so but yeah
1: yeah, I had I'll be gone in the dark on my list too, but I didn't mention it again because I knew, I knew, I was like, See, now, I'm, I'm the- such the- a jerk for taking all of your stuff. No, 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 no. I have so many. I have, I have like about almost 20 things on my list. So no, that's why. I, I do so love that everyone
4: things. is, everyone is like, I'm going to not say anything because Megan's going to complain.
1: Why? I'm <laughs> this was for you. That was actually going to be my thing on our last round. And then I said, no, I'll, I, I know Meg's going to want to say this one. So. <laughs> And there was a movie that came out a few years ago with, um, oh my gosh, Michael Keaton, and it was all about the McDonald's empire and everything like that. Yeah. It's a really good one, and I can't remember the name of it now off the top of my head, but it was on Netflix for a while. I don't know if it still is, but
4: all I can think right now is that I'm just so high maintenance for you <laughs> That's not- I didn't mean it
2: that way. No, I, just- I know I know you didn't mean it that way. You don't have to mean it that way. I will mean it that way for the two of us. <laughs>
1: say, I know Carla means it that way. Well, the reason I didn't <laughs> say Schitt's Creek in the good place is because of Carla. But the- <laughs> so I was like, if I, if I say Schitt's Creek, Carla is going to. I'm sorry.
4: You're watching a different show. Carla only watches Schmitt's Creek.
1: Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. It's, oh, I just, it's, it.
4: a, it's a new girl spinoff. I don't think you've heard about.
1: There's a show that I never finished. I only watched like a couple seasons, I think. But anyway, I'm (laughs) going (laughs) to mention, I'm going to combine two horror movies that um, Well, one of them I don't really consider a horror movie, but um, two movies that are very female led, um, um, a lot about some female struggles, trying to find yourself, trying to find your voice. Also gaslighting. Um, The first one is The Invisible Man, uh, which if you haven't seen The Invisible Man, I highly recommend it. Um Elizabeth Moss is absolutely fantastic in that movie. It's terrifying and that movie's very very accurate about abuse and abusive relationships and how people treat you when you're there's there's a whole scene um spoilers where she's sitting um and she's having dinner in a public restaurant and her abusive husband who is the invisible man murders the guy that she's having dinner with and murders him in public and then all of a sudden she's got the murder weapon in her hand and it's one of the most shocking moments i have ever seen in a horror movie ever because it's just so this just this blatant murder very gory murder and there's how is she ever going to get escape this because you can't see her husband and it's the ultimate gaslighting right there because it's in public you know, tons of people seeing it. It's 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 incredible. I guess unfortunately, I didn't get to see it in the theater. But I guess in the theater, when that happened, it was just audible gasps and screaming because it's just something you di- I didn't expect it all to happen. Um, and then the other movie I'm going to mention is this movie called Swallow, which not as many people saw. You can, I believe, you can still stream it on Amazon Prime, um, and it's all about a woman who um, she is very kind of meek as far as the way people treat her. There's this whole scene where she's married and she's sitting at dinner with her very well-off in-laws and her husband's well-off and she's a housewife and she's sitting there and her husband says, why don't you tell the story about, I can't remember what it was such and such happens. And she starts to speak and literally everybody just talks over her and doesn't listen at all. And she kind of fades off into it and she becomes pregnant And you can tell, I had a feeling right away she didn't want to have a baby, but she becomes pregnant, and she starts to have these cravings, and this is a real disorder for inanimate objects. She swallows a marble, she swallows a tech, a battery, all this stuff. She ends up in the hospital a couple times. Her husband is an absolute ass to her. I mean, he's just so put out and inconvenienced by this, and he gets someone to watch her all the time, and... Really, what's interesting about it, and I'm, and I don't think it's at all saying you should do this, you should swallow objects like this. But what's interesting is this thing that happens to her propels her to slowly find her freedom and to find her own voice. So it's a really interesting take on um, feminism and being able to find your own voice as a woman, escape. Really, I mean wasn't a physically abusive relationship, but pretty mentally abusive. I mean, he really just wanted her to be this wife that was there to fulfill his needs and didn't care what her needs were. So I, I recommend it. Um, it's not, I, I don't, I know I said horror, but it's not really horror. It's much more a psychological drama, um, but I, I recommend that. And once again, I believe it's still on Prime, but I recommend that one. Okay, Carla, let's go on to number six.
2: I recently decided that I wanted to watch more of the the movies available on Prime Video, mostly because they're there. And I kind of feel like I've exhausted all of my Hulu and Netflix options to a point. I'm like, I just finished the internet. What do I do now? So I found this movie, and it stars Brittany Snow. Um, And it didn't let that stop me, thankfully. It's a movie about a woman who has been uh, sent to a sex addicts group because of uh, an issue with sexual harassment. And she meets somebody there, this guy who is a cancer patient who is going to a cancer survivors group. Um, His particular cancer is testicular cancer. It's a comedy, believe it or not. It's a rom-com and it's a great one. I really love it. It's called Hooking Up. And it's it's an absolute delight. I was not expecting it to be as good as it was. Again, I've just, I've just been watching pretty much anything on Prime. And I just keep sending Meg all these messages. I like, Meg, this movie is horrible. Meg, don't ever watch this. Meg, Meg, hey, did I tell you, Meg, this movie is awful? And she's like, why are you still watching? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just on. This one was not like that. I was like bullying her into watching it. It's very sweet. They decide to go on a road road trip together. And I won't tell you the whole thing about the road trip because it's part of what makes it so fun and interesting but they really you know in typical rom-com style they come to know more about themselves and about each other and they change each other in very profound ways Um, absolutely I think I must watch I I, I just I can't say enough how much I love this movie it was really really sweet so yes Uh, hooking up on Prime watch it
1: and I'm gonna say there are a few things of Brittany snow's where she is she is can be really good. There's this movie called The vicious Kind, which has um my absolute my love Adam Scott in it and Adam Scott, you will not like Adam Scott's character he's a complete and total scumbag in this movie but um but I recommend that too if you if you if you want to give Brittany Murphy some other and if you really love um gory, gory horror movies. I don't know if I really would necessarily recommend it, but she's in this movie and it's, I think it's still on Netflix called um, Would You Rather? And it's, it's like a dare game, but with blood and gore and guts. So yeah, (laughs) it's not a fun one, but I don't know. I just thought of those two movies when you were mentioning her, but yeah, I know you mentioned that on our romantic comedies. I'll have to check that out sometime. So yeah. And then Erin?
3: Um uh, my next thing one of i think my favorite sort of action movies from this year was The Old Guard on Netflix um which char- starred Charlize Theron um as like the lead just total badass um and it was just really well done it was based on a graphic novel by Greg Rucka who also created Town. um it's set up it, the end set it up for a sequel because there is several books in the series, so I'm really hoping um, they'll do another one because it was just so awesome. If you guys haven't seen it, you got to go watch it. Um, that was one of I think one of the best action movies that that I saw all year. Yeah, yeah, and and um, Gina
1: Prince-Bythewood is is a really really. Good director, yeah. We highlighted one of her movies earlier this year, Love and Basketball. So, yeah. Um, and Meg?
4: Yeah, one of the things I've actually really, um, it didn't start this year, obviously, but it's something I discovered this year and a new season came out was Big Mouth. Um, and I know, like, forever ago, I accidentally called a character Mindy, and her name is Missy, and that's been bothering me literally ever since. Um, <laughs> that I used the wrong name probably seven episodes ago. Um, But I really, really, I think it's really funny and it's really entertaining. Um, And it, it's raunchy and and gross because honestly, 13 year olds are raunchy and gross and there's just no getting around that. Um, But it also really handles a lot of the mental health issues and stress and anxiety and depression that, that coming of age kind of brings about. And it's one of those things where, like, I almost wish it was a little bit less an adult for an audience, a uh, show for adult audiences, because um, I think it does a really good job. Because it's talking about prepubescent or pubescent kids, um, and it does a really good job kind of identifying what a lot of these feelings that you're having are, and just the the hell that puberty is. And as the parent of a child going through puberty right now, it's something that I kind of wish was more appropriate a little bit at least for her age and keeping a lot of the like kind of hilarity that is in it um, because I think it does a just a really good job and make it makes mental health issues and sexuality issues and that kind of confusion about what's going on with your body and what's going on in your mind and how everything is changing really really accessible for for people to just kind of watch and absorb and And understand but there are just way too many it's just not appropriate for kids at all uh but it's really good and if you have not watched it and you don't mind like cartoons for adults which i don't normally watch um it's really really funny and the hormone monsters are just the funniest um and it's just yeah it's good i love it so
1: yeah, I know that's a really I, I know that's a really popular one. That's that's funny because I do the same thing if I get something wrong with a movie or a TV show, and I know I have, and I just can't let it go and I feel so oh. stupid. Especially if I get the actor's name wrong, that bothers me more than anything else. <laughs> I will
4: I will share this with you. I have cut out entire parts of me and Carlos podcast if we don't have if it's just so egregiously wrong and we didn't have a chance to
2: fix it, I'm just like, nope. Except for the Amanda Tapping incident.
4: Well, we corrected it within the episode when we realized that it's not tipping, it's tapping. And we are both pretty pretty well into the sauce by then.
2: Yeah, well, that's true.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I still think about on our Queer as Folk episode, I accidentally um, mixed up the actors' names and I said um, Peter Page instead of Scott Lowell. And I still think about that. It still haunts me. And I left it in there simply because it didn't work to cut it out, but it still haunts me. every time When I've listened to it, I'm like, Aaron, you idiot, you know that that's actually supposed to be Scott Lowell and not Peter Page. And you even say the right name later on and nobody, like, none of us caught it, and so it just, it's still, I still think about that. I have to
4: tell you, Queer as Folk always makes me think of Michael Scott, because I always think about the time when he's accused of being homophobic and he's like, I love the gays, I watch Queer as Fuck, and that's the only way I can think of that show.
1: Like... I have. Anyway, shut up. I understand. Someday, someday. but her name is Missy. (laughs) Someday, everybody will watch that show (laughs) that I love. I mean,
4: I'm gonna say Aaron is like, this is my
1: sole mission. Yeah. (laughs) Someday, I'm gonna break into public airwaves, and that's all I'm gonna do. Yeah. And and, well, I'm going to be on another podcast soon talking about Brian Kinney. So that that will be from Queer's folks. So that will be very, 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 very interesting and fun. So anyway. okay. so my number six on here is another documentary on HBO Max. um, And this one is all about the Heaven's Gate cult. And it's um, called Heaven's Gate, the cult of cults. And I remember very, very vividly when Heaven's Gate happened. I remember hearing about it. Um, as I've said before, I'm fascinated with cults. So I remember after it happened, doing all this research on the cult and all this kind of stuff, I think I checked out books from a library about stuff. And, yeah, it was it was fascinating to me. So when I saw this was on HBO, I decided to give it a shot. And this is a very different kind of documentary about cults, I think. Um it very much highlights how I think a lot of times people think anyone in a cult has to be someone who's stupid or an idiot or, um, you know, I would never be in a cult. That would never happen to me kind of thing. And the people that were in this cult, which this cult had been around for decades before um, the the mass suicide um, in the 90s, they were very brilliant, brilliant people, very amazingly brilliant people. And they all kind of found each other and, and, um, you know, through this, through these two leaders, especially the, the, the male leader and through these charismatic leaders. And it, it was just this very, very sad. It's a very sad and depressing documentary because of the fact that these people were taken advantage of, used, and they talked to a couple of people that were in it and left. And one of the people that was in it and left, he pretty much still believes a lot of the stuff from that cult And you can see he still has a little bit of – that it still has a hold on him. And you can even see there's even this part of him that has guilt that he wasn't there the day that they committed mass suicide. Um, And that's even sadder to me because it's like he doesn't see um, how lucky he was. Instead, he feels guilt. It's very sad. And I afterwards – and I didn't know this – there were other members that killed themselves afterwards – and they had the same guilt if they wanted to be there and they wanted to be able to go to the spaceship and all that stuff and go to the higher plane. Um, and so it's, it's, just an, it's just a really interesting documentary that really shows you um, how fragile we are and how susceptible we are to this stuff and how much we want this sense of belonging. And I think that's really what these people were searching for. And I think that's what a lot of people that get involved in cults are searching for. So I, I highly recommend it. Um, it is, and I probably should have said before I started talking about it, maybe I'll add that in in the beginning. It is triggering because it's a lot about suicide and they have trigger warnings before certain episodes. So trigger warning there because it does deal a lot with that. So, yeah, and they even talk to surviving family members as well. I mean, it's it's a very, very interesting one. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and wrap up part one of our countdown here right now, and I'm just going to have everyone close out and just say where they can be found. Carla,
2: I can be found on pretty much everywhere on every social media thing at Carlatemis at that's C A R L A T E M I S. That's also uh, my website is Carlatemis.com, and Meg and I have a podcast called Bed Wet or Behead, which you can find on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Lipson, and that's Bedwet or Behead.
3: Awesome. Thank you. And Erin? I only do one social medias and I'm on Instagram. I am at geek and sew. That's what I do. I geek and I sew things. You can see lots of pictures of things that I've made and 7,000 pictures of my dog. I love the picture of your dog,
1: the Christmas picture (laughs) with the blue light. I just, I love that picture so much.
3: It took like literally, I think there's like 300 pictures on my phone (laughs) to get that one picture. And she got like half a bag of treats, but I love it.
4: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And and Meg. Uh, Yeah, I'm on pretty much all the social media, but the only thing that you're actually going to ever interact with me on, if you wanted to, is Twitter. And I'm at WisconsinAC. W-I-S-C-O-N-S-E-N-N-A-C-H. Awesome. Thanks.
1: And this is the other Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at e Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any top Moments you want to give us, or anything at all, any feedback, feel free to email us at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us there. Follow us on all your favorite platforms. Um, all those ratings, they help us get found in that big, wide world of podcasts. And of course, on the next episode, we are going to wrap up our top 10 with 7 through 10, and then hopefully we're going to be getting to moments that we hope that we're looking forward to in 2021 or things that maybe we're hoping for. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter.
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.